0: God has indeed been good and faithful, and he is worthy to be praised. Uh, I am excited to be able to share the word of God with you all on today. And I want to begin, however, uh, just with an expression of gratitude to yourself and also uh, to Pastor Shane. Uh, He asked me if I would give just a short uh, overview or short recap or report of uh, the work that's been going on in Harbor Hope, at Harbor of Hope in Benton Harbor. Uh, many of you know, the last time I came before you, we were launching uh, a summer evangelism initiative that we called Operation Safe Space. And the Lord, uh, we had a great time. Uh, the Lord blessed our efforts. Uh, we had a lot of children, a lot of young people to come through. Uh, we've had three different evangelism series in three different locations, uh, two of them were simultaneous. Uh, one of them was a standalone, a large community where we needed all hands on deck. And uh, when all was said and done, we ended up uh, with about well, over a hundred um, um, decisions for Bible studies and decisions for baptism as well. And so we celebrate what God uh, ha- has done this past summer. Would you say amen? amen. Uh, yeah, you can clap for that. You can clap for that. Um, there's certainly, there's certainly more work to be done. There's certainly more work to be done. Um, you know, this week, not this week, well, that's, I can't even really get into something that happened this week, but uh, in the midst of all of that, we were reminded that we are indeed fighting a spiritual battle. There's a spiritual war that's going on, and it's real. Uh, just a week after the conclusion of our evangelism activities, one of our members uh, was shot and killed while she was sleeping and it was in one of the communities that we had been serving in all summer. She was in her house in the bed, sleeping, and gunshots uh, some some gentlemen. Got into a shootout outside of her apartment, and bullet a bullet went through the outside wall of her apartment and into her bedroom where she was sleeping, and she died shortly thereafter. Uh, her name was Stacy Jones. Stacy was a beloved member, uh, faithful, showed up to everything that the church had going on. Uh, she held the title as the longest standing member at Harb of Hope. She was there even before I got there. Uh, just a really great human being. Uh, she didn't have much as far as material wealth is concerned, but she loved Jesus. And she loved her church family. She loved her family. In fact, she uh, would always bring other children who were not her children to church with her. She was always babysitting somebody else's kids. Um, And we were just, we were just reminded that it's real. You know, it's not just, we're going to go out here and into the enemy's territory uh, and he's going to just be okay with that. Um, It's real. But we also know that the God that we serve is real. And in fact, Right after that happened, the following Sabbath we went back out to that same community just to knock on doors and pray with people and let them know that greater is He who is in us than He who is in the world. And by God's grace, we had even more people to sign up for Bible studies after that. You know they were aware of what happened, and so I continue to solicit your prayers. We continue to need your support. In fact, we weren't able to do the things that we that we did. Uh, We wouldn't be able to do do those things without. Uh, the support of you here at Pioneer. In fact, uh, I want to just highlight the fact that, you know, we couldn't do half of the things not only without financial support, but without the support of our uh, volunteers. Some students we have, uh, as you see here on the screen, some of our team members, our key team members, uh, they're either in the seminary or they're in a master's program or they're in undergrad. And we actually have a budget on our, uh, a line item on our budget called ministry assistance, ministry assistance. And that budget is used to pay students so that they don't have to, you know, okay, am I going to work at McDonald's uh, and try to come and volunteer it when I can while I'm also in school. We actually have this budget to be able to pay them uh, as they're coming out and serving in Benton Harbor. And so, um, you know, we, the last time I preached here at Pioneer, uh, in June, we had, a, we had a, a, an increase in our giving. And so we said, well, let's try that, try that again. Uh, and so I'm here again uh, asking for your financial contributions uh, as well as your prayers as God continue to bless us to do what he's called us to do in Benton Harbor. Uh, I also want to say just before I get into the word as well, uh, I just want to thank Pastor Shane for his support Uh, of Harbour of Hope. As a matter of fact, I bragged a little bit in the first service. I'm going to brag a little bit again that uh, before he was installed, you know, he moved here and his family moved to town. And before they were installed, you know, he said, man, I could go to any, could have went to any church on my last time of being free to go to any, having a free Sabbath. Uh, He came to Harbour of Hope uh, and he worshiped with us there. uh, Me and his lovely wife, we were there talking for about three or four hours after the service was over with. I was talking her head off And um, but we it was it was a great time. And I just praise God for that support up front and uh, for this opportunity to be able to share as well. Um, Well, look, we're going to get into the word today. I've had the privilege of sharing during the week of prayer here at the university. And we've been talking about purpose. We've been talking about discovering and knowing and living God's purpose for your life. And so hopefully we have some students who are here and we're going to get some of that as well. uh, As we get into the word today, our scripture reading is found in Daniel chapter one, Daniel chapter one, uh, I'm sorry, Acts chapter one and verse number eight. There we go. Acts chapter one and verse eight. And the Bible says, but you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the Lord had me add another scripture reading this morning and it's found in Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 and 9. The Bible says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had caused the official to show him to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Today, I just want to speak briefly on the subject, the making of a movement, the making of a movement. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I simply ask that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight and encouraging to your people. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And the people of God said, amen. 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 The making of a movement the making of a movement. There have been a number of movements throughout recent and uh, later history in these United States. In fact, in all, all around the world, there are movements when people have an idea or they have uh, uh, an issue with something and they want to address that particular thing. And so they 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 galvanize people together and they march or they protest or they do a variety of things and so you have movements like the civil rights movements and then you have uh, uh women's movements you have uh gay rights movement you have uh, uh occupy wall street movement you have a number of movements that have come and gone throughout our time here on this earth and we as Seventh Day Adventists we view the church as a movement and not just an institution. Movements. Movements often make a difference. They move us toward an ideal goal. Uh, Some movements are for good and some are for bad. Depends on who you are asking. But I'm here to suggest to you today that we need a new type of movement. We need a new type of movement, a type of movement that I've grown to understand as I've observed some things in my journey as a pastor, as a minister. I've observed some things that lead me to the point to say to you today that I believe that in the church we need a new type of movement and that movement shall carry out into all of the earth as we see in Acts chapter 1. I'm here to suggest today that God is looking for a new type of movement. This type of movement comes from my experience in working with this young brother right here. This young man right here, he is uh, having a good time. He has his life vest on, uh, which is a smart thing to do when you're out in the water that is above your head. In fact, I was I was with him uh, as we were on this boat, just having a good time uh, on one Sabbath afternoon. And you better believe I had a life jacket on. If there was two life jackets that I could have had on, I would have had two on. I'm not a fish. I was made to walk on land. We're out there just having a good time. In fact, Ken Vaughn is a young man that I had the privilege of baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. This is him right here with the cool shades on. Uh, we're outside right after his baptism. We had an, a, a wonderful Sabbath that day. Uh, Ken Vaughn has started coming to church, and he got involved really early. In fact, he was involved in the church even before he was baptized. This is Ken Vaughn right here. I went down to Oakwood University to do a week of prayer, and I was talking to some students here and I took Ken Von with me. Ken Von was born and raised in Benton Harbor. He graduated from Benton Harbor High School. He played on the high school football team and he had been coming faithfully to Harbor of Hope and serving and we were praising God for Ken Von. When we had activities at the church in, uh, at Harbor of Hope, Ken Vaughn is out here. And he's using that camera. Uh, my, my media guy, Rayno Victor, he had showed him some things and gave him a camera and said, Ken Vaughn, you've been doing an amazing job. Keep showing up, keep serving, keep working. And we were praising God for what God was doing in Ken Vaughn's life. Unfortunately, I stand before you today to let you know that Ken Vaughn is now spending 20 years in prison. The tender age of 18, 19 years old. You see, something happened with Kim Vaughn. And Ken Vaughn's brother was murdered. And prior to Ken Vaughn's brother being murdered, Ken Vaughn had actually moved away from Benton Harbor. He went to Texas to be with his auntie, who provided a better environment for him, a better living situation for him. Ken Vaughn was going to school when he got to Houston, Texas. Ken Vaughn was doing all the right things. Three months, four months later, after he moved away, his brother was killed. Ken Vaughn came back, and when Ken Vaughn came back. Hear me now, when he came back, he came back into a culture that captured him. The reason why Kim Von is behind bars today is because he was captured by the culture. He was captured by the culture. You see, there's a culture. Of violence that says, listen, if someone shot your brother and killed your brother, listen, Ken Von, you have to do something about it. You mean to tell me you're going to let them get away? You mean to look, I know where he lives, Ken Von. I can tell you where to go get him. Come on, Ken Von. You, you can't, you, you can't just sit back and let that happen. He was captured by the culture. And I believe brothers and sisters, that we need a new type of movement. And in this new type of movement, it is a movement where young people, while they are in the world, they're not of the world. While they may, have, while they may be living in the culture, they're not of the culture. I believe that God is looking for us to raise up some young people who will be a part of this new type of culture. This new, this new movement, a movement where young people will not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of their mind. How can the church create a movement of young people who are uncaptured by culture? Is the question. How can we create a movement where young people are moved by the Holy Spirit? How can we create a culture where, because here's the thing, here's the thing. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, something has to take place before that. Before the gospel goes into all the world, something has to happen. Something has to take place. And here's what I want to suggest to you today. What I want to suggest to you today, as much as I believe in church growth, as much as I believe in evangelism, as much as I believe in spreading and preaching the gospel into all the world, as much as I believe in doing these ministries, I believe that God is looking for a new type of movement to happen in the church that will make going out into the community, that will make a movement of the gospel spreading far and wide and deep into all the world much more effective. Listen, I, I was planning on going, something, going somewhere else with my message. I told, I told the first service, I got up at uh, four o'clock this morning. I wasn't planning on getting up at four o'clock in the morning. But I believe the Lord woke me up at four o'clock in the morning and began to, it, it, it be, began to uh, help me to identify uh, how the movement that he wants to start is to be started. You see, oftentimes when it comes to a movement, people look at movements, they study movements and they look for uh, usually there's there, there's a leader who is charismatic. They may be good with words. They may be good at mobilizing people. Uh, the, the, the leader may speak well or, or, or the leader may have something going for themselves and they become easy to follow. Well, with this type of movement, I'm here to tell you today that you don't have to be a charismatic leader. God is not looking for a charismatic speaker. No, God is looking for somebody who is in this place right now. As a matter of fact, everybody here qualified to be a part of this movement. Let me show you. Here it is. Here it is. The answer is found in Daniel chapter 1. The secret to this movement is found in Daniel chapter 1. The scripture says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, I'm sorry, I should be looking here. In the third year of the reign of of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and captured it. Stay with me. Nebuchadnezzar came into Jerusalem and captured it. When he captured Jerusalem, it wasn't so much just simply taking over a city, but he actually captured some young people and took them out of that city and put them in a new place, in a new location. He took them away from, his, from their parents and brought them to a new environment that had a different culture. Let me make it plain. The making of a movement starts with the training of a child. Yes, 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 yes. See, we give Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel a whole lot of credit. Look at those boys standing tall for Jesus. They're not bowing down for Jesus. Look at them. And we shout for them and we like marvel by them. But don't you know This insight right here, Prophets and Kings, page 483. The reason why Daniel and his associates uh, were able to stand tall because they had been trained by their parents to habits of strict temperance. It was because mama and daddy were doing what mama and daddy was supposed to do, what God had called them to do, and blessing them and gifting them with children in the world. Listen to me right now. Some of us right here, we have children, we have kids that we are raising under our roof, and we are not being faithful and training them the way that God has called us to. Daniel and his associates had been trained by their parents to habits of strict temperance. They had been taught that God would hold them accountable for their capabilities and that they must never dwarf or enfeeble their powers. It was mommy and daddy, it was their parents. Is it possible, is it possible that that that, that while we've been looking for uh, uh uh the next great speaker or the next great leader or the next great this person or God to do this great move in the earth, God is trying to do a great move in your house. In your living room, he's trying to move. In your yard, he's trying to move. In your kitchen, he's trying to move. In your bedroom, he's trying to move. In your kids' bedrooms, he's trying to move. As a matter of fact, there are some things that God's trying to move out of your house so he can move in your life. They had been taught. They had been trained. They had been educated in the word of God and the works of God. See, a part of the reason why it's difficult for some of us as parents to train our children the way that God has called us to is because we have been captured ourselves. It's hard for a captured man, a captured woman to teach somebody how to be uncaptured. See, it's hard. Hear me. It's hard when you've been captured by the culture of success. When you've been chasing the next promotion, chasing the next raise, so much so that you get home tired and exhausted and spend no time with your children and you leave it up to the church school or you leave it up to the cyber school or you leave it up to the public school or you leave it up to somebody else to do for your children what God has commissioned you to do. We can't have a a movement of young people who are changing the world. We can't have a movement of young people who are living according to God's purpose with their lives if it's hard for them to see it at five years old and 10 years old and 12 years old. They've been educated on not living their purpose. They've been educated on chasing money. They've been educated by the culture to do what the culture says rather than what the word of God says. And they got it from their parents. You see, children are not the future. They're the now. But most people have a hard time embracing that, especially the church. I had a conversation with the mayor of Bent Harbor. We were talking one time and and he just told me about how impressed he was with Harbor of Hope. And he wasn't saying it because he, he wasn't applauding me. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't like, giving me no pass on the back. That, 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 that wasn't what baffled him. He see us in the community. He sees us, that, 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 that wasn't the thing. He said that what really amazes me is the fact that you focus on children. Because most churches, in, his, in my mind, he said, most churches are focusing on people who can pay tithes. which is why most churches don't have a lot of young people. I believe that a part of the reason why, why, why God has led us to focus on young people and focus on building up children and focus on leading young people to, to grow in their relationship with God. I, I believe that a part of that is because God is, 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 is trying to prepare for a movement. Oh, you missed what I just said. There may be one or two or three or four or five or six Leaders who come out of this, who become the change that we're praying about. And so I believe that this new type of movement is a movement that requires parents to prioritize training your children in the ways of God. You know what? It takes an 18 year old, 18 years to be 18 years old. It takes a 21 year old, 21 years to be 21. What am I saying? What I'm saying is, is that to the freshman in the house of God today, to the junior in the house of God today, here's what I've come to realize. You are where you are right now because of what you did or did not get. Because of what was poured into you or what wasn't given to you. This, 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 this thing is so deep to me because here you have these kids. You know, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Abednego during this time, they, they, they're They're teenagers. And they were, they, were, they were taken from Andrews Academy, away from their parents, to Las Vegas. <laughs> and they were trained in the ways of Las Vegas. They were educated in the ways of Las Vegas. And somehow, some way, they still remain faithful. The reason why is because they had, listen to me, they had so much Sabbath school inside of them. They had so many quarterlies inside of them. They had so much pathfinders inside of them. They had so much adventures inside of them. They had so much little lambs inside of them that when they came to the new environment, all of that came with them. It was their parents. Didn't say it was their pastor. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Didn't say it was the teachers. It was their parents. I believe that God is looking for some parents in the house of God today who will say, Lord, I will renew my commitment to being what I'm supposed to be and doing what I'm supposed to do for my children. Number two, the training of a child buffers the training of the culture because the culture is training. The culture is training. The culture has classes on... How to be wicked, right in your phone. (laughs) The moment you signed up for TikTok, the moment you signed up for Instagram, the moment you signed up for Facebook, the moment you hit Safari, you, 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 you you got enrolled into the culture. It's all around. You have an option. You can either isolate and go live off the grid, which is no such thing now It's off the grid. It's just a saying now. They'll find you anywhere. Or you can make up in your mind. Come hell or high water, I'm going to train my child in the way that he should go, in the way that she should go. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to to teach the word of God. I'm going to live it out so much so. I'm going to make it fun, exciting. It's going to be cool to serve God around my house because the culture is there, but it buffers. Watch this. Watch this. This education was to Daniel and his companions the means of their preservation amidst the demoralizing influences of the court of Babylon. Preserved. I remember my uh, growing up, my grandmother, she used to make, she had a fig tree in the yard, in the backyard. And she used to pick figs, have us out there picking figs. And I'm like, man, grandma, why you got to... Picking them, tired, grandma. I'm Hands hurt. It's hot out here, right? But she get those figs, and then she take them inside, put them in the kitchen, put them in some water, start boiling them, and doing all kind of stuff to them. And next thing I know, man, those figs are in a jar. And I'm laying those figs. Oh, praise God, grandma. <laughs> I'm laying those figs on some toast with some butter on it, right? And those fears are now able to last for a long time because of what had been put into them. Our children can be preserved because of what we put into them. She goes on to say, strong were the temptations surrounding them in that corrupt and luxurious court. But they remain uncontaminated. Because of what was inside of them, no power, no influence could sway them from the principles that they had learned in early that, that, that they had learned early in life, or uh, in early life by a study of the word and works of God. I'm here to tell you today to fully embrace your divine parental responsibilities to train your children. If you're still with me, say yes. The Bible says, "Then the king instructed Aspinas." The master of the units to watch this to bring some of the children of Israel. Look, the enemy is going after the children. The king Nebuchadnezzar didn't ask for. It. I need all the senior citizens. All senior citizens, come. I have a place for you in my royal court. I need to train you on how to be. No. I want your children. I want your best. I want your brightest. And I want them doing everything but the purpose that God has created them for. Give me your children. And so if the enemy is intentional about it, we need to be more intentional about it. I saw this, uh, I saw this quote from this guy named Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather is actually from Grand Rapids. He is, he's probably the only undefeated uh, uh, boxing uh, you know, champion in the world. He's like 50 and 0 or something like that. he still be doing these little exhibition fights playing around, making crazy money just to do it. But nevertheless, the brother went undefeated. That doesn't happen. Like that, 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 that's, that's, that's actually unheard of, right? But listen to where he credits his success. My dad, he's referring to, bent over backwards. He went out and hustled every day. He made sure I got to the gym. And if it weren't for my dad, I wouldn't be in this position. I ain't talking about no boxing right now. But I want my children to say, and you want your children to say, if it wasn't not for my mom, if it wasn't for my dad, if it wasn't for my guardian, if it wasn't for my grandma, if it wasn't, if I, who, if it wasn't for uh, the person that raised me, I would not be standing on these streets of gold. That's what I want to hear my children say. Amen. Amen. Word not for what I learned during family worship. I wouldn't be here right now. Word not. Are oh, you hear what I'm saying? I want that to be not just my testimony for my kids. By the grace of God, I want it to be yours as well. First Timothy, look, physical training. You could teach them how to you could teach them how to play basketball. You could teach them how to chop wood. Physical training is good. But training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Teaching them the Word of God. The Bible says, parents, look, these commandments that I give you today are Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. When you're driving in the car, when you're dropping them off at school, when you're picking them up from school, when you're going on family vacation. Let it be that the conversations that you are having, I'm not talking about, you you know, of of course, there's there's life. You got to talk about life stuff. But as you talk about life stuff, make sure life stuff is being fused by the life that the word gives. Teach them the word and works of God. Number three, number three, training, the training of a child leads now to the purposing of a heart. See, 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 you know, the Bible doesn't always spell out all the details. You got to do some research. You got to dig a little bit. You got to go get that context. And when you get the context, as we just did, we realize that it is to this backdrop. That Daniel, when he's taken to a new environment, when he's taken into into an environment that is outside what he had been taught, when he is surrounded by a culture that tries to lead him away from his God, the Bible says that he purposed in his heart. He made a decision that was rooted in what my mama taught me, what my daddy taught me Showed me. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies. Now watch this. The purposed heart ignites a move of God. A trained child. The training buffers the training of the culture. A trained child leads to a purpose heart. And the purposing of the heart ignites a move of God. See 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 when you decide that you're going to do where she's at. Y'all heard the children's story? The children's story, we had a we had a a, a child who was not living up to God's purpose for their life. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> But here you had a teacher who said, I'm going to, Lord, I'm giving this child to you. You know me. Come on, some parents got to, Lord, you know me. And you know my child. But I'm purposing right now, God. I'm determining right now that by your grace, I'm going to do everything that I can to model, to demonstrate, to teach, to lead my child. And as she testified, God moved. Listen, Daniel purposed in his heart. And then verse nine, now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. Did you catch that? The decision came and then God moved. The reason why God hasn't moved in your child's life, the way that you've been praying and asking God to is because you haven't purposed in your own heart to do what you need to do rather than just praying about what your child needs to change. Let me tell you something. I, I, I am, I am, I'm preaching to myself. I don't always get right with my kids. I'm not always as present as I need to be. I'm not, sometimes I have placed my church work over the work that God has given me at home. Hallelujah. Praise God for uh, my, my, my wife because she is an answer to prayers that I didn't even know I needed to pray before I got married. But I need you, listen, I, I, I just believe, I believe, I'm about to make an appeal right now. I believe, I believe that there is some parents, there are some parents in the house of God today who need to repent. And I'm repenting right here with you. There are some parents in the house of God today. You came into the house of God even frustrated with your children. You came to the house of God upset. You came mad. Something happened this week, last week. I don't know when, but you know that you have not been parenting in accordance with God's purpose for your life and your children. And you want to say to God right now in this moment, Lord, forgive me. I repent and I need your help. Look, I want to make an altar call right now. I wouldn't necessarily plan this, but I want to make an altar call right now to some parent who you know that you fit that description. I want you to come down front because I want to pray with you. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. We're praying. We're going to the Lord. We're purposing in our heart right now by the grace of God. By the grace of God, we're purposing in our heart right now that we want to see a move of God, and that move starts with what God has called us to do with our children. We're not putting this on the pastor. We're not putting this on the Sabbath school teacher. We're not putting this on the school that we're sending them to, even though it's a Christian school, even though it's a school that has godly people there at the end of the day. You know that you're not doing all that God called you to do with your children. Some of us need to repent over putting our career before our kids. This is the call that God is making right now. Maybe there's somebody in the house of God today, you, 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 you recognize that you have allowed the culture to capture you. You need to come. You've allowed the culture, you've allowed some aspect of your experience, some, some, something that you've been holding on to. You know the Lord has called you out of darkness. You know the Lord has called you from those things of the past, but you're still holding on to it. This is an opportunity for you to come. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. We're praying right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we recognize that the call that you've placed on our lives to parent our children, to raise up the next Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to raise up the next Mary, the next Ruth, the next Esther, to raise up, Lord God, we know that that call is clear on our lives. You reminded us this morning, and so, God, we stand. And like Daniel, God, we purpose in our hearts that we will not allow our career. We will not allow our jobs. We will not allow school. We will not allow anything to stand between our soul and our Savior and our responsibility with our children. Somebody's watching online right now, God. You're convicting them. I'm declaring to you right now, as an act of submission, if you are watching online, I declare to you right now, right in your living room, wherever you are, kneel before your Creator and ask Him for help and power and strength, and He will give it to you. Forgive us, Lord. Father, I pray for the person who feels captured by the culture, captured by a situation. And I'm asking right now, God, that you would pour out your spirit and give them the power to break through. Lord, when all is said and done, we'll be careful to give you all the praise, to give you all the honor, to give you all the glory. Save our children, Lord, and save us in the process. We pray this in Jesus' name. Let all the people of God who believe say amen.